0: Here we are, Tuesday, April 20th, and yesterday, Christia Freeland tabled her first budget, proposing $135 billion worth of new spending over the next five fiscal years. Um, in total, though, uh, they're going to spend $354 billion beyond our means as we struggle to recover from COVID-19. We've got a $30 billion investment in a, a national child care program similar to Quebec's. 18 billion dollars on the green recovery and we've got a Netflix tax coming. Oh, and um your minimum wage is going to go up to $15 now. As Sandy Salerno was telling you in the news update at the top of the hour, Aaron O'Toole is going to be and uh, you know uh, is going to be proposing some amendments to the bill to the uh, budget. And so uh that'll happen before it passes, but all likelihood this will pass because I think the NDP is supporting it. I don't know about you. I tried to watch the tabling of the budget. I was bored. I, I I was just bored. So here to talk about his take on what's going on with the uh, budget that the Liberals introduced yesterday and how he looks at it uh, from the Taxpayers Federation, the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. In fact, Aaron Woodricks back on the show. Aaron, it's always a pleasure having you on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelly.
0: Okay, so I hear that the uh, Taxpayers Federation, none too happy about this budget. Where do we start?
1: Well, I mean, we can start. If you thought it was painful to uh, watch the speech, you should have tried reading the document. I mean, it was 724 pages, just a doorstopper, a phone book of a budget. Um, And it was just, everything's in here, Kelly. It's like Christmas time, and it's all gone on the credit card. And it's pretty clear to anyone who follows politics, this is not really so much a budget for governing as it is an election platform, because there is money for everybody, parents, businesses, individuals, seniors, tourism, green tech, housing. I mean, you name it, uh, they are getting money in this budget. And the only question that's really not answered in it is how are we going to pay for it all?
0: Right. But, you know, money, it's cheap to borrow money right now. I guess that's the argument.
1: Yeah, for sure. The problem is we're already seeing signs that interest rates may go up. And so uh, all their calculations are really banked on two things. Interest rates staying low and the economy rebounding really quickly and growing in a way that it really hasn't grown in 20 years. So there's a lot of gambling going on here. It's possible it could pay off. I don't deny that, but it is it does seem like a, a, a real roll of the dice.
0: OK, well, let's play a clip from uh, Christia Freeland. She said uh, she had some good news on the deficit. Last fall, we projected a deficit for 2020-2021
1: of $381.6 billion. Our actual deficit will be $354.2 billion below forecast.
0: So that's a a small difference, uh, but she obviously wants to punctuate that. Uh, What's your response to what she said? You know, small difference.
1: Well, that's great. I mean, we're instead of being three hundred and eighty billion in the hole, we're three hundred and fifty-four billion in the hole. I mean, good. Uh, you know, I don't know what else to say. That's it's still eleven times bigger than the last budget they presented, instead of twelve times bigger. So, look, I'm not going to complain that the government didn't spend as much money as it had, as it had budgeted for. Uh, but boy, that's it. You're really grasping at straws if that's the best news that you've got is that your your deficit's only eleven times bigger than the last one instead of twelve times bigger.
0: So there they they went on to talk about this uh, new child care budget um it, it's or the new child care uh plan which is similar to the one in Quebec and the argument is is that yeah there's a big spend there but this is also going to put money back into uh the economy we're going to be seeing women that are you know we're looking at a C session right now uh, we're going to see women getting back into the job market in our recovery, and uh, there's there's taxes there. So thoughts on that?
1: Well, yeah. Look, I don't think the debate is over whether childcare is something we should spend money on. It's what's the best way to do it, and is Ottawa putting money into basically what's a very it's a very rigid program in Quebec? People like it because it's cheap, but it's not very flexible. So if you're someone who works odd hours, if you're someone who wants part time, um, if you want a sort of non traditional type, not a daycare center. These are things that are not captured in that model. So it's hmm. not about so much about the money on daycare as they're, they're really got their, they're dead set on a specific type of daycare program. Uh, and the other thing that they don't mention Kelly is that this is only half the money. Provinces are going to have to pony up the other half of that 30 billion and provinces oh. are in a lot deeper trouble in terms of finances. This is not fully paid for. This is they're expecting the provinces, places like Ontario and Alberta that don't really have, you know, billions of dollars lying around. They're going to have to pick up the other half of that. Tab.
0: Well, that was conveniently left out as far as, you know, the headlines go. So what other parts of this do you view as an overreach or an overspend or, or you know, little maybe pieces that weren't highlighted, highlighted in the budget but are important for all of us to know?
1: Yeah, I, I think the important thing to note here is that most of the spending has nothing to do with the pandemic. I don't think anybody begrudges them spending to get us out of this, whether it's vaccines or healthcare or any of that. But almost everything in here, uh, we're talking about a permanent increase in spending. What you know, by 2026, we're going to be spending 30 percent more at the federal level than before the pandemic. So that this is not about the pandemic. This is about the government really just using the pandemic as an excuse to say, here's a whole bunch of things we always wanted to spend on, and now we're going to go ahead and do it.
0: Okay, so they also said that there were no taxes, but there are taxes.
1: There are taxes. I mean, to be fair, there are not sort of broad-based. There's no income tax hikes, business tax hikes. There's things, there's kind of silly things like there's a a yacht tax. There's a tax on luxury goods. So watch out, any listeners who are look, looking at buying a yacht, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get hit with a, an additional sales tax. But these are just sort of silly little taxes. I mean, they're going to collect GST on Netflix. I don't think anybody's surprised about that. But, you know, they understand that I think they, they're banking on this budget being so popular. There's lots of spending, but nobody has to pay for it. So uh, that's going to be appealing to a lot of people because there's no better lunch than one that uh, appears to be free. Kelly. Okay.
0: Right. There are a lot of goodies in here for a lot of people. And it will be the conservatives job to tell Canadians that it will hurt more than it will help. Um, do you think they can do it?
1: Well, yeah, good luck to any politician that promises that, right? Some people don't want to be told the hard truth. Um, and look, I'm not saying you have to take out the axe and cut everything, but boy, a little bit of perspective and and perhaps, uh, you know, n- even not spending less, but spending differently. You know, if other parties can propose saying, you know what, we, we agree you have to spend on this or that, but maybe there's a better way to do it uh, that'll get us a little bit better bang for a buck.
0: What do you think about the $15 minimum wage?
1: Yeah, well, the first thing to know about that is it doesn't apply to every job. It only applies to federally regulated sectors. Uh, The minimum wage for other private sector jobs, that's set provincially. So that's set by every province. This will only apply to a very narrow set of uh, industries that the federal government regulates. So again, conveniently left out. Uh, like uh, air transportation, for example, I believe airports are regulated by the federal government. So if you work at in an airport, there's no job that could be less than $15 an hour. But, you know, a mm. lot of jobs, for example, in retail, uh, where you'd be making 14 right now, um, th- that $15 will not apply to those. Mm.
0: So basically, um, this is really in line with your your – if you look at this budget, broad strokes – it does look like an election platform, and the election could come at any time. I mean, if uh, no one supports this budget, then we'll be getting an election. Uh, odds are good that the NDP will be supporting it. But, you know, we're not far off anyways if we keep to the date.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going to have an election. I think uh, the third wave is pretty much uh, kiboshed any chance of that. I do believe a couple months ago when they were starting to build this, this budget, they were Thinking of using it as a platform, but they've kind of uh, read the room and realized it would be a bad idea. But that doesn't mean we won't have one in the fall. And look, I'm all for having a debate, for example, uh, a debate about childcare and what's the best way to do it? Is it a government daycare plan? Or is it things like maybe they double the childcare benefit that people get? Uh, Do they perhaps make the childcare deduction refundable? So if you spend 10 grand Mm -hmm. a year on childcare, you get that back. I got three kids, Kelly. I've probably spent close to 100. so it's not in my heart, but uh so, so it would be something interesting to watch.
0: You know, Aaron, what is funny is your the tech dropped you out when you said I've, I've probably spent close to a it sounded like you were just doing um you're just cursing as you said the number. And I think that's where most people are when it comes to childcare. So we do need relief. There's no two ways about it. I know the conservatives uh, are, are going to weigh in on amendments on the budget and their alternative to childcare program might be upping the childcare benefit instead. No two ways about it. You shouldn't have to pay what amounts to your kid's university tuition to have them taken care of while you get out and try and feed them. It's, it's appalling and there things have to change. But as you said, I don't know if this is the way to go about doing that.
1: Well, yeah, and look, uh, and we have a bigger problem in this country that we have a debate about. People aren't having as many kids as they'd like to have. And the number one reason is cost, right? And so that yeah. is something that uh, it's not right that we have families in this country that want to have kids, but can't do it because they think they just can't afford it. And so we need to look at ways to make it easier for people to live the life they want and have the kids they want. Uh, but we also need to do it in a way we're not just spending money willy nilly and not getting the best bang for our buck.
0: Aaron, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for sparing some time and making sense of at least how you're reading this budget, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and all the folks uh, that you work with. So uh, we appreciate you and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Have a great day. Aaron Woodrick is the Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation commenting on the budget.